and welcome to Wellness Weekly on Radio Free Hillsdale 11.7 FM. I'm your host, Rachel Kukaji, and I'm here with your other host, Brock Lutz, Director of Health Services. Hi, Rachel. Did I get that right? Yes, that's right. I always get confused between health and wellness and health services. So could you actually explain what the official name is? And there seems to be some confusion. I think actually the official name on my business card is Director of Health and Wellness. Okay. So... So Brock Lutz, Director of Health and Wellness. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you find yourself in that position and here on the show today? Well, I, first of all, am a 1998 Hillsdale grad. I majored in history and am now doing what most history majors do, something other than history. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Sorry. Unless you're a history, history teacher. Faculty. Uh, <laughs> I taught history for a while. So I taught right out of Hillsdale. And then I worked for a nonprofit for a while that worked in schools. And I think what I found is that in that process, I did like teaching, but I also liked hearing the stories behind the students' lives. Mm-hmm. So when I was thinking about what I would go on and get my master's degree in, because most teachers have to get a master's within a certain number of years. I, I started that path on education, but ev- eventually ended up doing doing counseling. So in the midst of that, uh, to give you a, a, a little bit of a varied background, because I think it does play into even my role here, is mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I worked for uh, a private practice and did work with sex offender populations. I did... Uh, in-home therapy in pretty impoverished uh, areas of Cleveland with with kids who were involved with probation. And then at a private practice, I started uh, doing work with chemical dependency, mainly uh, teenagers who were addicted to drugs or alcohol, Mm -hmm. or alcohol is a drug. it's a pet peeve of mine that people don't consider that. But um, oh, so that might be um, a topic for that's right. Is um, yeah. So uh, then I started working at a psychiatric hospital and did uh, some mental health groups there. Eventually moved into more of an administrative role where it was a big hospital, 162 beds. You know, mental health, also substance abuse and found myself uh, in, a, in the clinical director role. And uh, so working on teams of doctors and psychiatrists and those kind of things. And I, I guess I mentioned that background because what's unique about working at a, at a college is that literally anything could walk in the door. So any kind of mental health issue, a lot of times when you're private practice, you really kind of specialize in something. But really here, anything could walk in. So it, it you know, someone with bipolar disorder, depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, relationship problems, grief, academic problems, psychotic disorders, substance abuse issues, uh, or other addictive issues. And, uh, and so I, I think it's interesting to kind of look back on, on experiences that I had, because I think in a way, they, they really led up to me being, not only being here, but I think giving me experience that I, that I use here quite often. And with that, on that note about colleges, have you talked much to people in an equal position as yours at other colleges about 
what might be similar or different about Hillsdale and those issues because mm. you know people often talk about how special Hillsdale is and I I use that tone not to mock it right. I I love Hillsdale and I as a senior I think it's a very great place and a unique place but it's often talked about how we're set apart often right. talked about our high um, or low acceptance rate and mm. high interest in getting into Hillsdale and so I was wondering from your perspective do you think that alters the type of issues that walk in, like right. the percentages of those different kinds, because sure. you still see everything. Well, this is my 11th year here. And I do think as we've gotten more selective as a, as a college, um, I mean, for that, that we've seen a difference in, mm. in some issues. I, we over time have seen many more students come in our doors. So I think my first fall here, uh, the other counselor and I had maybe about 400 visits um, in, in in fall semester. This past fall, we probably had about around eight, 1,800 visits, wow. and that's spread out over seven mm-hmm. counselors. So we've we we've seen a lot a lot more students come in, uh, and we also s- meet with some some staff and faculty as well. And I I think especially in the anxiety realm and so i don't know yes. if that's because we are we are attracting or um you know more of like the type a personality more perfectionistic mm-hmm. more high achieving and and you know it, but that that also might that anxiety piece might also reflect culturally what's going on too i mean when you look at at studies of other schools you asked about other schools it seems that most other schools are seeing an uptick in depression and anxiety gotcha. and those kind of things as well. So, but I, I definitely think as our demographic has changed that we're, we're seeing more, more stress, anxiety, how do mm-hmm. I manage these kind of things? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we end up having a lot of different conversations that can go a lot of different ways when you're yeah. talking about how to manage anxiety. Mm-hmm. So we talked about that a lot in my psychology class near the end about the uptick in things like depression and anxiety and it led to the question of is it because people talk about it more mm-hmm. or there really are more cases is there over diagnosis is it was there an underdiagnosis? maybe right. a combination of both mm-hmm. and i think it's part of it as a testament to and you can speak more to this is hillsdale being able to hire more counselors and then like advertising that more and right. talking about the accessibility of the health and wellness center mm-hmm. as opposed to a decade or two ago. Yeah. No, I, I think all those things are true. I, I also think that we, I think there in general is less of a stigma to seek mm-hmm. help. Uh, I think we see a lot of students who come in who've already been to counseling. Mm-hmm. I think maybe 10 years ago, that number was, was significantly less. I also think we try to do a good job of being present on campus and, mm-hmm being involved with clubs and organizations. Uh, you know, we're in a lot of our counselors involved in churches and, you know, my wife is the manager at Penny's. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I, I think, I think some of that also plays in. And so it, it is, yeah. When, when I, when I say that our numbers have gone from, you know, 300 to 1800 people go, Oh my gosh. And yeah. I, I, I think, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it is. And I, the only thing I'd add to what you said as well is that 
I hope what also is happening is that people are seeking out help, uh, which I, I think is a lesson for all of us before things are a crisis mm -hmm. and are actually seeking out help when it's a little bit more manageable. Mm -hmm. And how do you usually handle those kind of situations when people come to you because they've been encouraged by, I mean, I've even, when I was here, probably even the first semester, I was impressed by how many upperclassmen in leadership positions were open about, oh yeah, I go visit Brock, I go so-and-so. It wasn't mm -hmm. stigmatized here and I really appreciated that. Yeah. But I think it starts to make you think like, I don't think I have problems. Should, should I go to Brock? Like, is there something I should talk to him about? Or, right. And that's not always the case. Sometimes people have serious problems and are right. denying them. But what do you do in a circumstance when people come to you and they're like, I was told I should go to you, but I'm not really sure what right. for. Or, sure. or they talk to you and you're like, you seem to be doing okay. Right, yeah. Well, I, I do think that it does speak to the, the reality that here... Some of what we do is very clinical and, mm -hmm. and, and the, the students we meet with could be diagnosed with some DSM disorder, mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of it uh, is more consulting or meeting with an RA mm -hmm. and saying, hey, what should I do in this situation? Yeah. Um, or just uh, kind of personal growth or spiritual formation and mm -hmm. those kind of things. And so, um, you know, to me, I think that um, I, I think we, we and, and I do think that we often as well, will look at some of those folks and say, Hey, well, it'd be great to meet with you again sometime. You want to meet over lunch or, you know, mm -hmm. some of that where, um, but to me, I, I think it's nice that we don't meet with everyone in a super clinical setting. It's a little mm -hmm. bit more relational, but yes. I think because our campus is already primed like that, I think a lot of our students meet with professors or meet with people in career mm -hmm. services or other parts of stu student affairs where where they're in very similar kind of mentoring mm -hmm. relationships. I have a friend just yesterday who we were walking past the library and he saw through the fishbowl, which is, you know, the glass windowed room in the library, he saw that one of the counselors, Dustin, and was talking to a couple group of people and I don't know if it was official meeting or they mm -hmm. were just visiting, but he goes, oh, that's my counselor and just got really excited about it. Right. It was like, oh, I'll, I'll see you. He was going to study with me and he said, oh, I'll see you later. I'm going to go right. chat right. with Dustin. I never saw him yeah. again. And then I left the library an hour later and he was gone. He wasn't with Dustin either. Mm. So yeah. a little scatterbrained, great yeah. friend. But just I think in that nature, the way people are open to talk about how they go to counseling and then also will talk with those counselors outside of Right. clinical settings and you know visit with them in different ways go on walks talk and saga mm -hmm. or if they want privacy meeting right. at the health and wellness center or yeah. elsewhere i think it's great that we can do that so. mm -hmm. you're listening to wellness weekly on radio free hills at 11.7 fm i'm your student host rachel kukaji here with brock lutz who will also be hosting with me every week but We'll have other counselors on and other members of the community and of the health and wellness department. How would you phrase that? Center? Sure, Just health and wellness center. Of the health and wellness center. So we'll have other people on different weeks, but this week for the pilots, just Brock and I. And so Brock, if you can share with me a little bit about your area of expertise. We talked about mm -hmm. your background. Um, so what 
do you want to bring on about the purpose of this podcast and what we'll be talking about in future weeks? Sure. Well, I, I think one of the things I, I like about working at at uh, at Hillsdale or at a college setting, even as we were just talking about how, how nervous I am right now, mm-hmm. is that I do get to speak at, you know, probably 30 times a year mm-hmm. at different things, which always brings me anxiety, I just want to say. Um, yes. But I've figured out how to manage it. I don't ignore it. I do. I practice what I preach to students. I don't ignore the things that are that give me anxiety. But. And if you're not a little anxious, do you care about, you know, I think nerves also help you That's very perform true. better. Have you seen bit? the the famous TED Talk on stress and how stress is something that's that that helps you. Oh yes, that, I have. That's a, I, I know they, mm-hmm. they they show that in the personal wellness dynamics class. But, yes. Um, so, but I, I think almost every time that I speak in some capacity, I bring up the idea of of what a whole person is, and mm-hmm. you know, and I and I I think that um, I think in a way, health services is some. It, that's always the goal that we've had. That we don't. They won't, we don't just look at an individual as, oh, you're coming in because uh, you want to fix your emotions or you want your body fixed, but in a whole, in a whole mm-hmm. person perspective. It's funny because even as I was, was jotting down some notes yesterday, I thought about the fact that, you know, usually when people come to counseling, they want emotions and mental part fixed, mm-hmm. you know, or something's off. And, and usually when people seek medical treatment it's only physical and yet there there are all of those things even those three things overlap quite a bit and yet there are other aspects that are a part of that too so i think what our perspective is and right now health service wise and this is great that we we have this but we you know we have seven counselors we have a nurse that's there all day we have a team of doctors or physicians assistants who cycle in two hours a day. We have a chiropractor slash strength trainer now mm-hmm. who's there. We have a dietitian, and we have someone who really specializes in eating disorder recovery. Um, and we have some other ideas, um, you know, as well. But um, but to me, what that what that what that reflects is that we really do have a perspective of of okay. A person is a whole person. So what does that mean? Well, it, it does mean physical. We want people to be physically healthy. And so we try to get people to think about what's your sleep like? What's, um, these are the things that are really hard for college mm-hmm. students, you know? Uh, sleep, what, yes. what is, what is your, your diet like and your nutritional life? Um, what about physical activity and how much you move mm-hmm. and are you gaining strength and those kind of things? And that's what physical physical uh, health is is about um, we do look at emotional and mental health and I, I think emotional health is uh, identifying your emotions which sounds really simple but actually it's quite challenging a lot of times especially if people have experienced trauma in life mm-hmm. they've taught themselves to get through life by not feeling so then turning that on can actually become quite challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mental, which is how do I think about things or what's my perspective as I look at life? Am I really negative? Am I uh, pathologically positive? And I just mm-hmm. think, you know, every, uh, I, I look at the world through a Pollyanna lens. Um, huh. uh, or um, 
just in general, do I, do I have all or nothing thinking or do I always catastrophize things or do I always personalize things? And, and that really is what, what part of, of counseling is about. And, um, you know, I, I think going back to the emotional also, how do I cope with my emotions? So I, I can express my emotions, but if I'm not actually dealing with them in the right way or in a healthy way, then that certainly factors in. Mm-hmm. But then the other three factors that, that maybe people think are outside the spheres of medical or, or counseling, you know, I think of, okay, what about your behavior, your behavioral self, or maybe classically we would say this is the will, like that, that part of our soul where I'm deciding what am I gonna do with what kind of choices am I going to make? Yeah. You know, and I, I think in, in our context, but this applies to other settings, you know, what am I doing with my time? How do I use alcohol and drugs? Or what are choices that I'm making about sex or, or friends or how much I study or, you know, those kind of things, how I spend my leisure time. Um, and then, uh, what kind of relationships do I have? Um, you know, uh, do I have close relationships? Do I have relationships with people who really know me and know me well? In, in Alcoholics Anonymous, they say, you're as sick as your secrets. <laughs> and I always think, you know, not everyone has people around them that they can trust to say, here, I want you to know everything about me. And I, I'm reading a great book on shame right now called The Soul of Shame. We should do mm. we should do an episode on shame. Um, That'd be great. But I, I think one thing he says is that you'll never be fully loved in, until you're fully known. And so we have to figure out how we become fully known. And that's that's the essence of what relationships are about. We need mm-hmm. people in our lives that really know what's going on, what what our struggles are, what we're passionate about those kind of things. And that's, that's extremely healing. Um, the, the challenging thing about something like depression is that dep- one of the diagnostic criteria of depression mm-hmm. is isolating from other people. And so sometimes when a person's depressed, they, they, they back away from some of those things that of course could help them, which we don't fault them for, but that could be part of recovery. Um, I often say that, um, that, Relational health is also about what we do with the F word. Uh, and what I mean by that is uh, forgiveness, yeah. you know, um, not the other one. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like when someone hurts me, what do I do? How do I handle that? When, when I hurt someone else, what do I do? You know, do I, do I blame them? You know, and that really is what relational health is. And then lastly, spiritual health, which for a lot of people could be, their religious beliefs or their relationship with God or their connection to, to God. For other people where that isn't, maybe religion isn't as, as important, it's, it is still going to be things like, how do I live my life by some kind of ethic? Um, what, what's the purpose of my life? And you know, I, I often give, uh, give clients an, an activity where they write a eulogy for themselves you know, they imagine that they're going to peacefully mm-hmm. die when they're 90 years old and their grandchild stands up to eulogize them. And so what does the person say? Because whatever you want that person to say, well, that those should be the things that are guiding our lives every day. So to me, I think when we talk about kind of whole person, no matter what a health professional, what their title is, 
they should be operating within all of those because of course a person's relationships are going to impact their emotions and their physical uh, well-being is going to impact how how they engage mentally and you know and vice versa so i think that's what we try to do and we've over the last 10 years have tried to assemble a staff that kind of helps us do that and all, we mm-hmm. kind of take that perspective that's exactly what we're doing here on the show as well. We'll be talking more about each of those aspects and bringing on different people. Like next week, who do we have, Brock? Well, we have a very special person, my wife. So we'll see if we'll see how, how much we argue during this. Uh, <laughs> so it'll be fun banter, probably. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, she and I, she and I can do some banter as well. That's right. So. Yeah. So we'll get more into that in the future weeks but that's all the time we have for today so this is ben wellness weekly on radio free hillsdale 101.7 fm